all. Glad you could be here tonight with us, both here uh, in person and also online. Uh, before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. Lord God in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your awesomeness, Lord, and how wonderful you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, for your patience. We thank you, Lord God, that you sent Jesus for us, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, and we are so grateful to you and for you. Please help us tonight as we study your word, that we, Lord God, remember who we are, whom, whom, who we belong to, whose we are, Lord God, in the name that we wear. We ask, Lord, that you watch over us and care for us, and Lord, please forgive us when we sin. Help us, Lord, to recognize when we do sin and to repent and turn our lives back to you. Please help us in our study tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So glad to have you all here tonight. I appreciate Tony um, taking over for me last week while I was out sick. And and I'm about 85% right now, but uh, I am better than I was. And it's remarkable that he was teaching last week primarily about Cain and Abel because the lesson I was going to bring you all that I'm going to bring you tonight is entitled, Am I My Brother's Keeper? And this keeps keeps um, within the study that we've been doing on fellowship. We've been studying about fellowship, Christian fellowship, and that bond that we share with one another when we have uh, heard God's word and believed it and, and uh, repented of our sins and confessed with our mouths that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and then are baptized into uh, his body. or We become a part of his body, that is. We're baptized for the remission of our sins. And, and as we continue on in his life as Christians living faithfully unto death, as Revelation 2.10 tells us, there's a fellowship, there's a bond that we all share with one another. And, that, and that's what we've been trying to get after um, in these last two and a half months. Well, t- tonight, just going, um, stepping off from where Tony left off last week, and and I told him he didn't think I was uh, <coughs> he didn't think I noticed, but I was watching last week, and I understood that he he said, but if you want the rest of this, come to my class. So uh, or, or so many words. I said, you got to stop trying to steal my students because every time we were both teaching, you you steal some of my students. And that was just a light hearted joke we had with one another. If you look at Genesis chapter four. I'll be reading verses uh, 3 through 8. Genesis chapter 4. Well, we'll start at verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And the prophet and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. <coughs> Excuse me. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Again, we're in Genesis chapter 4. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain... Why are you angry? And why is your continence fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Verse 8. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel. 
excuse me, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Perhaps one of the more thought-provoking questions in the Bible is the one that's asked by Cain in the next verse. Cain had killed his brother, as we read, between verses 3 and 8, because God accepted Abel's offering, but not his own. When the Lord inquired concerning Abel, when he said uh, in verse 8, now Cain, excuse me, verse 9, and the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? <clears throat> this is a question we um, would do well to ask ourselves today. Are we our brothers and our sisters? Are we our brother's keeper today? Much as Cain should have been back then. Do we have a responsibility? And these are questions I'm asking. So you're, you're welcome to nod your head or say yes or no. Um, do we have a responsibility to watch out for and to care for one another? Do we have that responsibility? That's what we've been getting after all this time. We, yes, we have that responsibility. Of course, when we read the New Testament, it becomes very clear that the answer is yes. In fact, there are many passages that emphasize our responsibilities to one another. And we're going to look at quite a few of them. Turn to John chapter 13. Glenn, would you turn me down just a little bit, sir? Thank you. I don't want uh, court to get mad at me thinking I'm yelling at him or something. <laughs> John chapter 13. We are to love one another. And it would seem like this would go without saying. But when we read John chapter 13, verse starting at verse 34, the scripture says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love uh, for one another. And then hold your finger there and look at chapter 15, verse um, verse 12 and verse 17. Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In verse 17, These things I command you, that you love one another. Why would Jesus, why would it have to be here in the Bible to remind, remind them and now us as well, at least three times from what we read, to love one another? He's, he says this is a new commandment. Were they not loving one another? Was this something that was new to them? What do you think, Court? You don't think it was new? <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> A reminder. So they need to be reminded. Kind of like we do with our children, right? Oh, go ahead, brother. So what I'm understanding from you, under the Mosaic Law, as we've talked about already, all you had to do is be born in, um, in one of the tribes and you were a Jew. Whether you loved each other or not, you were under that law. But Jesus is, as you said, and what you're getting at is that he's, I'm sure they loved each other, but he's reminding them for a reason. Just like we do with our children. If, if you've ever had to 
break up the siblings from fighting one another or arguing with one another and remind them that's your brother, that's your sister. You're trying to teach them about love, right? Maybe it's just me with my five. I've had to do that when they were little. Let me tell you, that's your brother, that's your sister. You're going to want to be around them for the rest of your life. You know, if God allows you to see, I see brother, allows you to live, it's going to be a different type of relationship you're going to have with them once you are an adult. And you need to learn how to love them now. Not only to love them, but like <clears throat> for, for our boys, the way I treat my wife is, is the way they're going to treat their wives. And the way that Jennifer treats me is the way the girls are going to treat their husbands. And so on and so forth. There's a lot that goes in into loving. Yes, sir. So what, what Shay is saying is, is reminding us is that there's a whole chapter on love in 1 Corinthians. And God is love. So if we want to be like God, we need to love, right? Is that what you're saying? So um, please don't let me misinterpret your words there. Uh, Shay, Cameron, you know, whatever name you decide to call your day. <laughs> Paul also taught this in Romans chapter 13. Romans 13 Romans 13, verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And I, I think that actually echoes to what you're saying, um, Shay. It's also instructed by Peter in 1 Peter 1, 22. And the reason why we're reading all these scriptures because it's not my word, it's God's word. I'm, I want to show you how much God no, um, wants us to understand that we are to be each other's keepers. First Peter one twenty two. First Peter one twenty two says, Since you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. John stressed this in first John three eleven and um in verse twelve as well, verse twenty three. Um, 1 John 4, 7 through 12, and 2 John 5. But I would say, I would gather to say that because I'm human just like you, when we're having to be reminded so much to love one another, that tells me that it is hard to do that sometimes. Would you agree? Is it hard to love one another? Is it sometimes husbands? I'm not going to talk about the wives because I don't get in trouble when I don't talk about the wives. Husbands, is it hard sometimes, I might get y'all in trouble, to love your wife? Yes. This is that brother brave because he know. Scripture tells us, what does Scripture tell us about our wives? It, I was listening to, to Philippians, I think it was it was either Ephesians or Philippians this morning. <coughs> either one, because they were, they were, it was on my, um, playing from my phone on my radio. Um, and I remember distinctly 
the women are told, the men are told to love their wives. What are women told to do? Respect their husbands. And I don't know, why why can't love me too? Maybe it's harder for me to do that. And also, scripture also tells us men, us husbands, not to be what? With our wives. Starts with a B. Ends with I-T-T-E-R. Since y'all were not going to say it. Bitter. Not to be bitter with our wives. Because it's, it's, it's kind of easy to do that. It is if we, when we don't think about it. Let's draw that outside of a marriage. But still within the family. The scripture also tells the mothers. Or it tells the older women to teach the younger women to do what with their children. What's that? Okay, instruct. That's a good word. Well, what else? Since we're talking about this four-letter word. Love. Oh, yeah, love. Why do you have to tell someone to love their children? Well, you, you chuckling. I want to know. I don't know. I got five kids, so I'm just asking. Sometimes kids are hard to love, too, right? You know, you were a child, too, so remember that. And right, yeah, your son's hitting like that. So I'm just asking. Uh, sometimes we have to remind each other to do that. We have to remind each other how to love, not just to love, but how to love. Well, we it's how we are. How are we to express that love? And I, and I don't have to, you know, make you guess at it. It's in the scripture. So if you are so inclined. You might want to you know, like take a pen or a pencil in these, these next few verses and underline a few words that I'm going to tell you about. We are to show our love for one another. We are to love, excuse me, we are to receive one another according to Romans uh, 15, 7. Romans 15, 7. <clears throat> None of this will be new because we've, we've kind of covered a lot of these already. But it says there in Romans fifteen seven, when it's under this guideline of bearing others' burdens and, and glorifying God together, therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. The, 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 the words I would tell you down the line there is to receive one another. And, and it's important that it was important then and it's important now that we understand that you know, as we already talked about, as you look around this room, we all look different. We all are different ages. We all have hair or not. We all are, you know, uh, I already talked about ages, but older and younger, um, different shades. We come from different parts of the world. We like different basketball teams. We like um, things, different food. We and, and And sometimes when we get around people that are different, than us, we kind of stay away from them. And that happens in the church very often. And so we have to work hard at receiving one another. I have to cast Jaylee Jackson to the side and be the Christian I need to be. Just because you get baptized today doesn't mean that you're not still that person you were just a few minutes ago. You have to learn how to walk circumspectly. You have to learn how to walk this walk and talk the talk. And it's an ongoing process. Uh, um, last class I taught over there um, in the other room was on spiritual growth. 
and and one of the mantras that I kept saying throughout the entire class is that spiritual growth is a choice, something that you have to choose to do every day. You have to choose to follow God every day. You, just like I do, have to choose every day, I'm going to follow God today. And you're going to mess up. And God is anticipating that. That's why he sent Jesus. So that when we mess up, we recognize it, we, we uh, repent of our sins and ask God for forgiveness, and we get back up and we keep on going. Um, another thing that we need to do is edify or build up one another. So if you just look at um, the chapter before, Romans chapter 14, in verse 19, the scripture there says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. So we need to build each other up. Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. Y'all saw how I talked about my kids while one was gone. That way I don't get in trouble. And I ain't say nothing bad about my wife. Now that Jasmine's back, y'all have to have my back. <laughs> Galatians 5.13. The scripture there says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, it says they are to do what? Serve one another. Sometimes, I don't want to serve you, brother. I'm tired. I've been at work all day. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't feel like doing it. I love you, but go find somebody else to do it. What if there is no one else? Maybe you are the one that was supposed to serve that person. Let's, let's put ourselves aside. Remember, we need to be selfless, not selfish. We are to um, bear one another's burdens, according to Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, uh, yourself lest you also be tempted. Yeah. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. <coughs> I think this... This scripture right here is, is important, as all of them are. This one is important because, well, T Tony spoke, um, gave us a couple of lessons about being messy people, about us being messy, right? Um, we, we, we have things that go on in our lives that if I was on the outside looking at me, I don't want to get involved with that person right there because some of their ilk might get on me. Well, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to help each other. We need to help each other bear those burdens, those, those problems. And I'm, I'm not saying get involved. If, you, if you're involved in adultery or some other sin, that all sin is sin, but if you're involved in some sin, I don't want to be involved in sin, but I want to help you come out of sin. And maybe, maybe the burden isn't a sin. Maybe the burden is <clears throat> you lost someone, and you need someone to be there for you. Um, I don't have any really examples right now, but we we need each other. We can't we can't get to heaven alone. We can't do it on our own. We need Christ. We need God. We need His Holy Spirit. But we don't have to run this race by ourselves either. You know, uh, this this marathon of a Christian race that we're on, and we can slow down a little bit and help someone come, uh, help someone along in their part when they're they're faltering. They're 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 slowing down. But never try to bring somebody up where you're at, you know, because maybe they're just not ready. So go back to where they're at and help them. We, we need that. We need to do that with one another. 
We are to be forgiven of one another. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. The scripture there says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. I was uh, reading, I didn't bring it here with me today. I was, I was reading something today, um, a little devotional about forgiving one another, or, or it, it, it led to that. But it was about like when someone wrongs you. Once someone has wronged you, sometimes it is hard to forgive them. But even if you don't forgive them, there's nothing you can do about the wrong that was already done. It's kind of like things that are said out your mouth. Once they're out, they're, they're out. Um, you can't somehow bring them back in. They've been heard. But think about all the things we say and do on a day-to-day basis that God hears and sees. God sees and uh, hears every day. Even our thoughts that we don't say out loud, God, God sees them, God hears them. And think about how forgiving he is. If we want to be like God, if we want to have the love, like we want to be um, like God, we have to have love like he is, and we have to forgive like he does. We're not God. And so, you know, I, um, I don't have the ability to forgive sins and know that those sins, your sins are going to be forgiven forever. I don't have that ability, but God does. But what I can do is forgive you and realize that you're human just like me, and I mess up just like you. And it's hard, and so we have to work through that. We have to, we have to work through the issues and the problems. Now, I'm not saying that that when somebody wrongs you, that it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying that sometimes you just want to sit and just relish in it. I'll go back to the husbands. Husbands, when when your wife messes up, you just want to sit in your grumpiness, don't you? But she comes right up, and 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 I know I know all the wives in this room. Go up to the husband and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. Please forgive me. Right? And so, and then all the husbands, we go, yeah, I, I forgive you. No, we want to sit. And this is not just a husband thing. All of us do this. We Sometimes, I just, no, let me be mad for a little bit. I want to be mad. Let me be mad right now. But what does that get you? Does that get you anything but more heartache, more pain, ulcers? It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Nothing good, that is. So let's work on forgiving one another if we have that issue. Chapter 5 in Ephesians, verse 21. The scripture says, uh, let's read read, uh, verse 15 through 21. See then that you walk circumspectly. See, I didn't make that word up. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Anybody would like to take a stab at what that is talking about? To submit to one another. To submit to one another. Be humble. Yeah. Sometimes to just move out of the way and let that person go by. Sometimes let the other person have when you know you don't you don't need to, you don't need to be the first one. One of the things I've learned as uh, trying to be a leader in the, in the in the military in the Air Force 
This is a book by a guy named Simon Sinek. There's a lot of good stuff he has in the book. I don't, I don't listen to everything he says, but there's a book he has called Leaders Eat, Eat Last. And what that is talking about, well, the army, which I am not in, but I understand the principle. Do we, yeah, Air Force all the way. Uh, is that an army marches on its stomach, right? And if you don't feed, if you don't feed us, there ain't too much we're going to be able to do. A lot of us have been deployed, and you know, when you're in the fight, you're in the fight. Eventually, you do get hungry, and you get hangry, and you can't do what you need to do. And so it's, there's always plenty of food to eat, the rations that are out there, to make, or even MREs, meals ready to eat, to ensure that we stay you know, motivated through that. Once we have that food in us, we can do what we need to do. But a leader that is not thinking about being humble, not submitting to those that are under his care, will be the first one in line, or will have the, as I've seen on in Navy ships sometimes, is that <clears throat> the chiefs and the, and the captains, they have the lobster and all the prime rib. Well, we have whatever that was that was in that on my plate. I just remember that, and I was like, I joined the Air Force, I joined the Navy, this is how we do things? And I never, I could never respect those leaders. I was like, you have all these folks here, these hundreds of folks here that are working for you, and you giving them trash while you're eating steak and lobster? Huh, be humble. Sometimes we, we get in the way of ourselves. Let's slow down. Maybe I do need to listen to you, because you need me to listen to you. Anyone else want to take a stab at it? I like it. Being humble. What does it mean to you to, to submit to one another in Christ? So Cor, Cor is reminding us how humble Jesus was when he washed the feet of his disciples. And that, that story is always funny to me because when he gets to Peter, he's like, nope, they can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, if I can't wash your feet, you know, we know what he said. Peter was like, no, you wash my whole body. I want, I want to be part of you. Jesus is a great example of being a servant leader. All right. We are to exhort one another. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> Starting at verse 12. It says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why? It's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Again, this goes back to our discussion about making sure that we're checking up on one another, making sure that we're spending time with one another, uh, talking to one another, getting to know somebody that's outside our circle of influence, um, someone that I don't, I don't talk too much. I don't even know them. They sit over there in that pew. I see them all the time, and I haven't had a chance to, well, I haven't made 
the opportunity for myself, the chance to go and speak to them. Let me go talk to them. You never know what you're going to find out about people. Men, I'm telling you, if you have the opportunity on a Tuesday night to come here at 7 o'clock for a Bible class, you will find out things about one another that you didn't even know people had struggles with or had struggles with and how they've overcome. Ladies, when they have the different lady forums and, and, and ladies' days and the things that go on here, I'm sure there are things that are found out. I don't know. I'm not part of that. But I'm sure there are things that are found out. When we're here worshiping with one another and spending the time out, outside of worship and actually talking to one another, or uh, let me go back to, to the worship part. Sometimes there are things that affect people <coughs> doing worship that didn't affect you, but they've gone up front to share the burden that they have, and they were asking for prayers, and you didn't know that they were going through that. You didn't. You you looked at them. You've been seeing them for a long time, and they didn't, you didn't know they were going through those things. They had a happy face on, and they've been going through life like everything is fine. And then you find that out. That's a great opportunity for you to go, not just go up and hug them and say, "Hey, I'm praying for you." And it's great. It's great to say that. Make sure you are praying for them. But you could do a little bit more than that too. Especially if it resonates with you, I struggled with that too. I struggled with that at one time, and this is how I came through it with God's help. You can share that with that person, and not just not just right then. In fact, I would I would tell you, don't do it then, because everybody else is going to be coming up too. Make sure you find their phone number, make sure uh, in the directory, or you see them later on on a Tuesday, on a Thursday. Meet them for a coffee or or something, whatever you like to do ice fishing, I don't, I don't know, and sit and talk about the issue the person may have. We're supposed to be, uh, as um, at the rank that I am, I'm supposed to be an intrusive leader. I need to get into my, my folks' business. It is my job to be in their business and find out what's going on with them so I can help them. I'm going to tell you we need to be intrusive Christians with love. I'm not saying you need to know everybody's business. Please don't walk out of here saying that because this is recorded. And I'm saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we need to do more than just, hey, how you doing? You had a good week? That's great. Have a, have a great rest of your week. We have to do more than that. You do more than that. I hope at home with your, 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 your spouses and your children or whoever you communicate with every day. All right, moving on. We are to consider one another according to uh, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. As we uh, we haven't read that, but that you can underline that there, and we are to be hospitable. We talked about that a few weeks ago to one another. First Peter four eight through ten. In light of all these one another passages, is there any doubt that we are to be our brother's keeper? No, there's no doubt. We need to be we need to be our brothers and sisters' keepers. So let's evaluate our role as our brother's keeper. When one becomes a brother or sister in Christ. Let me ask you these questions. We read Romans fifteen seven. Do you receive them into the family of God, or you, do you just ignore them? Are they properly assimilated in the family of life, the family life of the congregation? I will tell you that in my travels, what I have seen, and some of you, a lot of you, have seen the same things. You're in, a, you're part of a congregation, and those that have been there for a long time, that, that's the congregation. And then when someone new comes in, well, they're an outsider, so they're kind of cast to the side. And no one intermingles with them because, well, they're new. They don't know how we do things here in Alaska. They don't know how we do things here in Anchorage. 
It's, it's not that cold outside. That, those are things that were said to me. I'm cold. Y'all have to get over that. I am cold. Okay, I'm from Florida. It's cold. I, maybe you get acclimated. I'm not. So when I put on my extra shirts and, and stuff and coats, I'm warm. And then I can spend time with you. If I don't do that, then I can't spend time with you because I'm shivering. That's me. Let's treat each other. And I just use myself as an example. I didn't want to try to point out anyone else like court, you know. I want to make sure that we understand that we all have these differences. When a person becomes a member of the body, though, they are a member of the body. They're not just a member of the Anchorage Church of Christ. They're a member of the Church of Christ. This bond that we share with one another, they're a member of every congregation that wears the name of the Church of Christ that is doing in accordance with what God's Word says. And so, therefore, we should bring them in. Um, do they remain on the fringe? Do you understand that when we, we, baptize, we get someone baptized... <clears throat> and we don't do continual teaching. We don't bring them in. We don't. We don't. We do. We don't do more than just we, what we do when we see them get baptized. We hug them and say, "Welcome to the church. Welcome to the family." And then that's it. When we don't do more, Satan and he already is trying to pull them away. Makes it easier for him to pull that person away. If we do not even know their names we can be sure that we are failing our brother's keeper. So let's work on that. There are a lot of people in this congregation I still don't know the names of. But I will continue to keep saying I'm so thankful for that picture directory out there. Because it has helped me a whole lot go, yeah, that's who that is. You know, we have, um, we have <laughs> every time it's time for me to do coordinating for worship, Ed and Ed, Tracy and Stacy, and I know who they are, but when you, one doesn't go by Ed, he goes by Eddie. And the other one's name is Edward, and he goes by Ed. But on the paper, it tells me, and I get confused sometimes, so I go out there and say, yeah, yeah, that's who it is. And that's, that has helped me remember who people are. I ain't ashamed to, to admit it. I am good with remembering your face. I can't remember your name all the time. And so I might ask you, you know what? I know we've been knowing each other for a few months, but I don't remember your name. But what keeps me from having to do that, I just go out there and look at the board. Uh, do we edify them? Do we lift them up? Uh, or do we put stumbling blocks in their way? And I, I want you all to really think about that. Because we've already read Romans 14, 19. We need to make sure <coughs> that as, we're, as they are <coughs> new members of the body, consider, am I putting a stumbling block in their way? Is there something I'm doing that's stopping them from growing in Christ? We all need to ask that question. As individuals, are we bodybuilders encouraging the members of the body? And, and, and you don't have to be a bodybuilder, but maybe, maybe someone that, um, that encourages folks that are exercising. So, like this morning, Jaden and Jacob, my two little boys, and I went to the gym this morning. And I don't know why, but Reese and, Reese's friends with all this army attire were all at the gym this morning. I mean, all of the United States Army was out there this morning. I was like, where am I supposed to run? You know, what am I supposed to do? And they were all out there. They had their different squads. And there was one person challenging, challenging, challenging the energy for everyone, you know, yelling and making sure people were going and motivating them. Are we like that? Not like the Army, but are we like, are we motivating one another? Are we encouraging one another? You know, men, are, are you being encouraged to serve? Are you being encouraged to maybe put a lesson together and, and speak during, uh, on Wednesday night for the devotion. Those, those opportunities are there. <clears throat> Us deacons have been 
been notified and been been not just notified but very encouraged by the elders to get involved with the deaf ministry there's plenty of opportunity and some of you men here who also speak there are plenty of opportunities for you to go over over to the deaf ministry on sunday morning for bible classes uh, worship service or for the evening service and speak in there if you if you are not too uh, encouraged right now or have the courage to stand up here because it's a bigger audience as as Jaden uh, Jacob has said you know it's, it's, it's a lot of people in here and they're staring at you I told him you know little boys are not the only ones that have that fear you know grown men have that too uh, go go into the deaf ministry and, and, and teach in there not that they're there any <coughs> less than us and I promise you if you go in there and teach a class and you all might find it's funny but they talk more than we do in Bible class they answer so many questions. You may not even get through a, a full lesson because there's so much there. There's so much they want to talk about, so much they can add to lessons. So it's a wonderful thing. There's always something that we can do to motivate people. Or are we like a cancer, weakening the members of the body of Christ by our own examples, by our words, by our attitudes, by our actions, by the things that we do? It was said of Philemon that he uh, refreshed the hearts of the brethren do people say the same of us? Do people say when they see you, I'm so glad to see you. You enlighten my day. You know, those those of us men that, that come on Tuesday night, all of us are tired. But when we leave, would y'all agree that we're refreshed? On Wednesday night, when I'm coming here to teach, uh, I am when I when I am done, I, I feel I feel really good because I've I've Share the Bible with you all, and, and you're sharing it with me. People are making comments on Sunday morning and, and Sunday evening, Bible class and worship service, both worship services. I, no matter how I'm feeling when I'm here with you all, I truly do feel refreshed. I'm like I'm around Christians. I'm not around people that curse and fuss and argue all day. <coughs> you know, Shay and I, <coughs> we talk about this all the time. I'm in oper- flying operations, and he's in flying maintenance area, and I, I. I can't even imagine what he goes through every day of being around a lot of those folks in maintenance. Not that in the ops world that we're any better, but I know what kind of world that is. And I know we've taught how wonderful it is to have a brother or even a sister. But I don't know any sisters or mates, but um, there are a few of us like Jason, you, and uh, there's a few of us on, on base who we, when we see each other, it's a wonderful thing. You know, that's my brother right there. I feel safe right now. I don't have to worry about it. He's doing wrong. Knowing I got a little brother, you know, that's on base. Talking about Isaiah. If y'all haven't met Isaiah Kelsey, y'all get the chance to know him. I've been knowing him since he was really, really, really little. And I'm so glad to see that he's serving with me. To know that I got someone and his parents are, are happy that we're here. As, our family is here because we can help watch out for him and, and help motivate him, encourage him. We need that. We all do. Do we submit to one um, to them? Talking about the new Christians or do we arrogantly uh, rule over them? Ephesians 5, 21. Well, I've been a Christian for 20-something years, 50-something years, and you don't know everything yet. So, nor do you. You don't know everything. None of us do. And we have to continue to keep loving, learning um, how to serve God. Do we demonstrate hospitality to them? 1 Peter 4, 8-10. through 10, By visiting them in their need. By inviting them into your home or accepting invitations into their homes. You know? I know a lot of you all do that, and I'm so grateful that you do. And I'm not here to stand to, to, to go to say that, oh, for y'all that don't invite people into your home, 
you know, you're, you're wrong, you're sinning. No, I mean, I can't tell you that, nor would I ever tell you that. I don't know your situation. I don't know why you don't invite people into your home. Maybe, you know, I got a family of seven, and you got an apartment that has one room. That doesn't, don't bring me into your house, because that might not be comfortable for you. I, we will gladly come. We'll sit on the floor and stuff like that, but that might not be comfortable for you. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we, it, it's more than just, as we've already studied, more than just inviting someone to your home. When a brother is overtaken in the fault, do we even consider them as we read in Hebrews, uh, we didn't read. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10 right quick. Hebrews chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 24 and 25. The scriptures there says, um, let us consider one another in order to store up love and good works, not for second the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Are we even aware of who they are? Those brothers and sisters who are in a fault, uh, who are going through something hard, who have a burden or burdens that they're, they're carrying along. Are we ignorant of their problem? And if we are, why? Maybe it's because we don't assemble ourselves enough. Maybe it's instead of us just wondering about them, we should, um, that's not sufficient enough. We need to not just wonder, we need to pray about them, pray for them, pray with them, and find out what we can do for them. Even if, if it's not you, maybe maybe you don't have the capability to fulfill their need, but maybe you know someone else. That's why it's good to get to know one another. Hey, I don't know how to do that to my car, but I know a few brothers right here that do. Let me get you in touch with them. Um, do we exhort them lest they become hardened by sin, Hebrews 3, 12 through 14? Or are we afraid to confront them for fear of running them away? That's a very very real thought there. If I say something to them, I already know they're struggling, maybe they may run away from the church. But if we truly love them and reproach them with humility, they're not likely to run away. Be humble. Love them. Show them the love. Pray about it. Pray about it a lot before you go talk to them. If they do, they are running away from God, and they're not running away from you. Remember, such exhortation is to be daily. Perhaps perhaps we wait too long. And are we willing to bear their burdens? Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Listen, how we answer these questions may reveal how well or poorly we are fulfilling our responsibility to be our brother's or our sister's keeper. Living up to the one responsibility we have that includes all others. John 13, 34 through 35 to love one another as Christ loved us. If we have failed to be our brother's keeper, we need to repent of our lack of concern, our inactivity, or whatever has hindered us from doing so, and, and confess our shortcomings to, in this area to God. Talk to God about it. You know you have, if you have this shortcoming, you want, you want to be more vocal, you want to be more helpful, you want to be more humble, talk to the Father. He can help you with that. We, we talked a few weeks ago about wisdom, right? And, and James tells us to do what about wisdom? Ask God for it. And what will God do? What will he do? He'll give it to you. We don't like to ask for it because we know what comes with wisdom. In order to get wisdom, and we got to go through stuff. I don't want to go. I'm going through enough right now. No, ask for it. Ask for it. Uh, court asked for some wisdom last night. I won't talk about what he talked about. It's up to him to tell you all. Um, but he asked for, for godly wisdom for what he's dealing with for someone else. And that was the right person to go to and ask God for it. Because what he's having to do 
stepping out on courage and faith, faith and courage to make sure people understand how to come to God the right way for the situation that is in, it's going to take a lot of courage for that. And so it takes a lot of prayers, I think, um, to ensure that that happens for you. We need to resolve to apply with zeal these one another passages. Again, I ask you, are you your brother's uh, keeper? Are you your sister's keeper? Something that I have to work on more, and I might suggest that you may also. I thank you all for coming to class tonight. Next week, I believe, is our last Wednesday together, and, um, and we'll, have, we'll have another lesson somewhat like this, uh, but it will, it will close out our session, and I will have copies of all the lessons that I, I've been teaching uh, for you uh, readily available for you after class next Wednesday. Let's have a word of prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. Lord God in heaven, thank you so much for letting us be here tonight and answering the question, are we our brother and sister's keeper? We know the answer is yes, Lord. And we ask for the wisdom to, to be able to understand how to be just that. Help us, Lord God, not to ignore our responsibilities to one another and help us, Lord, to just relish in the, in the fact that you love us the way you do and help us to be able to show that type of love to others. Please, please be with us now as we end this class and go into a period of devotion. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for coming.